What's good, guys? Welcome to the Meaning of Podcast. I am Ace. This is RV3. And this is the podcast where we talk about your favorite films and the deeper meaning within those films. And yeah. once again, we're doing a very different episode this week. We're going to be talking about the Hollywood business life. And the machine. The machine in honor of the Disney Fox deal officially going so, into effect. I don't know about honor. Maybe dishonor. I mean, it, 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 in, in reference to the Disney Fox yeah. deal, because I, we have a lot of opinions on that, guys. And obviously, we're going to get into that. But before we do, uh, I brought this up to RB3 last week or two weeks ago that I told him that I wanted to give him a proper introduction, an <laughs> oh, introduction shit. that fits his name, an introduction <laughs> that fits his lifestyle. Uh -oh. And I feel like if there's any podcast that's going to do it oh, <laughs> in the Collider studio, it's this podcast. <laughs> so let me introduce you guys to the homie. Compton's very own hey. Steve Nash with the pass <laughs> A.K.A. Master Jedi Obi Clutch free throws like Kobe <laughs> Championship winning Dual lightsaber spinning <laughs> The film, film school Black Mamba hey. He's got holes like Mo Bamba <laughs> okay, <wait. laughs> Granny shifting Not double clutching like he should He wishes a homie would <laughs> Oh man A.K.A. Dalida of the Jibari tribe. A.K.A. Why don't you come on over? RB3. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I do want to say, yours is way more in depth than mine. I really only had like a couple of words. It's all good. It's all good. Let's hear it. All right, Ace. I got to welcome the man, Ace. Squad leader Ace, aka Squad leader Anime, hey. aka the man who lives two hours away, hey. <laughs> aka the Netflix killer, hey. not pop, Amazon pop, pop. Prime, hey. aka Hater Player One, mm. <laughs> aka the Latino Freddie Mercury. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> hey man, Remy Malik, uh. Oscar winner. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, I should put more. I should put. I, I didn't know you were going to do the full, <laughs> as, as many as you did. I only had ideas. I didn't have like full. full I was full like, rhymes. what rhymes with Black, Mom, Black Mamba? And then I was thinking Mo, Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba. <laughs> and I was like, you got, oh. I got oh. Yeah, that's good. That's uh, good. That's good. That's and that's then good. I just did a Fast and Furious quote. <laughs> uh, Granny one? shifting, not double clutching <laughs> like you should. <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's good. That's good. But yeah, I love Lita of the Dubari tribe. <laughs> I thought of that right away. Hey man, this is good. Um, let's get into it, guys. This Oof. week we are talking about obviously the Disney Fox deal and what that means. Uh, it officially went into effect as of today, and mm -hmm. I kind of want to make this a general conversation about the business of Hollywood and the future of Hollywood and where it's going. So obviously the deal went into effect today. Seventy-one billion acquisition of twenty-first century Fox. Um, what this means essentially on a major scale is that Disney obviously acquires the rights to certain Marvel properties that Mac that Fox had. Um, so that means Fantastic Four, X-Men, all that kind of stuff that people want to see uh, inside the Marvel Universe. Um, what this means um, on a micro scale or on a, another scale is the fact that uh, as a variety and as a Forbes, I believe, they're saying that they're estimating – 4,000 lost jobs yeah, due to 4, this merger. Yeah, well, it's it's a little more than just the, the Marvel properties that are getting moved yeah. over. They're that's basically what, with the... That's what general audiences look towards, but the problem with this kind of stuff, it, it, with major studios like Disney, like Fox, combining their forces is that 
that sounds cool and all, but it, it, it limits major studios, which means less people working, which means people are going to lose their jobs, which means there's less opportunity inside the Hollywood industry. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, beyond, well, like, like, like you said, beyond just the, the Fox Marvel properties, that's, that wouldn't, that wouldn't account for even 1% of what these layouts represent. Because a lot of what transfers over is not just the studio of, of Fox itself, it's also the TV networks, um, FX, um, everything that uh, Fox, Fox owned. Hulu. Uh, the portions, yeah, the portion of Hulu that Fox Well, that basically means of, that yeah, 70% or 80% of Hulu is now Disney-owned. Well, is that true? I mm-hmm. thought I thought all the studios owned twenty uh, percent, and then yeah, they, they became the majority holder. They do. Like you're you're right. I, I yeah. So I'm not sure. I know I know Comcast has like twenty another twenty in there. Yeah. So I think um, I think I think now Disney has forty percent, and everybody else has twenty. So sure. they have the kind of they're the major. If holders. I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure. But I mean, overall, but yeah, overall, yeah, that's but that's why you see the the number of like four thousand. I even see on Slash Film that uh, you know there's a. Uh, Rich, Rich Greenfield, who's like a who's like an analyst, he estimates that the number could really go up to like five thousand to ten thousand mm-hmm. over time, mm-hmm. and that's just because there's so many overlapping jobs mm-hmm. in those departments. Um, because Fox now Fox is solely operating based on its sports networks and its uh, news networks. That's how 21st Century Fox is operating under um, Rupert Murdoch. Uh, but now Disney controls the entirety of the 20th Century Fox Film Library, the entirety of uh, Fox-owned, uh, 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 certain sections of Fox-owned television, and certain sections of, like we said, external uh, ownerships that Fox held, like Hulu, all this stuff. And honestly, you know, this is uh, this is this is not this is not really a good thing. Man. It's not, and, and, and it's one of those <laughs> things where it's it's one of those things where. I can understand people looking at it at a macro level, looking at it at a general movie going audience sort of level and seeing it as like, oh, cool, X-Men. But on a, on, a, on, a, on a real level, what it does is it really makes giant corporations, mega corporations like Disney even more powerful. Um, and that may sound like whatever, but what, what that does is, like I said before, it's loss of jobs, but it's not only loss of jobs, it's loss of opportunity that people have. And it's one of those things when you work in the industry and you have a script or you have a, a, a production company or whatever it is, you go to these major studios to, to hopefully find some sort of help. And what that does is it limits one portion of that studio. It, it, it takes away that opportunity to shop your script around or get a job at, a, at a, another production company because now Disney owns more of it and they're going to get their own people to do that. It's not going to allow other people to come in. It's basically... The click culture of Hollywood is getting even more clickish. Yeah, I mean, well, that's why we a lot of people are looking to outside studios, outside of the major studios. And most, you know, Fox wasn't producing much original content before this merger. Um, you know, the only original uh, piece that they had was the Avatar, was the Avatar original like movie being turned into a franchise, but. At that point, that can even be saved. I, I don't know if you know. I don't know if Cameron was aware of this merger. I know they had. A, I know Cameron had a deal with Disney to do the Disneyland parks that were Pandora inspired for Avatar. Um, but you still. But I don't know if Fox was anticipating those assets being uh, transferred over, or 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 of those or if those assets would help save their company or save their brand, or if Disney was in on it the entire time. We just never know. 
but we do see that the Avatar movies have moved their release dates according to the Star Wars movies as well, too. So there's probably there was probably communication, but overall there was there isn't a lot of original franchises, a lot of original movies that come out of either of these studios. Um, but now that now that the reduction is has been cut so 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 deeper, I mean, Disney used to own Miramax. Disney used to own uh, t- used to do Touchstone Pictures, where they made adult content, original content, script from filmmakers, scripts from. Uh, that actually had a development process. Now a lot of their, lot of their uh, now a lot of the Disney products are either uh, exported out or not exported out, but taken from outside companies like Marvel, Pixar, Disney Animation. It's all acquisitions. Yeah, and or 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 their development is in house, where they have they just take their old cartoons and repurpose them into live action. Um, Fox has a probably the most storied history of any studio in Hollywood. Uh, they're one of the original uh, big four. War- Warner. I mean, the uh, Warner Brothers. Are... Well, yeah, Warner. I mean, Warner, of course. And then, um, yeah, of course, Warner. And Disney. Yeah, but, but you got Fox is one of the GOATs. The one original, of the one of the originals. One of the Fox, OGs. Yeah. Fox. It was Fox. It was RKO. It was, um, like you said, Warner. Uh, Warner, and it was Paramount. Yeah. Um, and this is, I mean, this we just we just see Disney, What you know, Disney didn't come until way, way later, into the 40s mm-hmm. and the 50s. And now we're seeing this relatively new company just come in and swoop out this gigantic piece of film history. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you look at a lot of jobs that are going to be cut, a lot of jobs that are cut are going to be in marketing, are going to be overlaps in marketing, overlapses in distribution, and overlaps in home video. So just from a historical perspective, we could be looking at a lot of – we could be looking at slower times for restorations for films. We could be looking at less – home video expansion of, of movies like Die Hard or Alien or all of these historic uh, Fox films um, because Disney, because that's that might not be Disney's priority, that might not be Disney's yeah, focus. And it doesn't fit Disney's brand. Exactly. Which is the most powerful thing in the freaking world. Disney's brand is the most recognizable IP, property, whatever you want to call it. it it's something that's so specific and so powerful in the sense of global recognition, global money, um, that they can't really mess with that formula too much because if they do, it waters down what Disney is supposed to represent on a global scale. I'm talking China. I'm talking Japan. I'm talking all over the world. Disney represents certain things with their parks, with their merchandising, with their product, with their logo, mm. um, and and essentially it's a class on on branding 101 because when it comes to logo, how you represent the Disney logo, how you represent the Disney brand, it's very specific and there's actually rules to follow um, as far as how you represent Disney as a whole. It has like no smoking in their movies or yeah. something like that. But so, so all this stuff kind of entails, and I also wanted to bring it into another conversation because last summer AT&T acquired WarnerMedia yeah. which is another huge merger. And, and this also kind of touches on vertical integration, which is dangerous because that yeah. basically means that they're charges of production and distribution. Oh, yeah, that was the original uh, concern. Kind of, yeah, that was... That That's was, what the government is supposed to protect us from. But when oh, you have yeah. all that money, it's, it doesn't matter. I mean, the government actually made that decision back in 1954 with the mm-hmm. Paramount decision that was intended to break up. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's how Warner Brothers was so powerful. That's how... Uh, Paramount was so powerful because they actually own the theaters that they're showing the movies in. Yeah. So which limits creativity, which yeah. limits quality. Well, it, it made it a factory. It was a factory. It's a factory. But now we're going back to those times where we're back in the like factory filmmaking where mm-hmm. things kind of have to follow. 
And but the distribution, I mean, Disney's starting their own streaming service. That's mm. the most the direct that's the most direct distribution, form of distribution you can find because yeah. most people aren't gonna afford to go to the movies. And that's that's what, you know, that's the that's the prize of that's the benefit of, of streaming, but not at every not that everybody's doing it, it's, it's really just becoming like cable well, again. Well, well here's, here's, but. here's obviously, I wanted to get into that a little later, but now that you're bringing it up, I might as well, is the concept of streaming versus movie theaters. And obviously you said it in my intro, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Netflix killer. Uh, and, and, the, and the reason why I, I say this, RB3, is because stuff like these kind of news things, Disney Fox, AT&T, and then Disney Plus, uh, NBC Universal streaming service that's coming later this year. The Apple streaming service is coming later this year. CBS All Access. All these streaming service sites are basically going to get their properties and get their rights and put it in streaming. Now, since the 1950s, 60s, TV has been at war with with uh, television. Uh, television has been at war with film. I'm sorry. As far as like stay at home and enjoy a, a cool TV show, or go physically go out and pay money to a movie theater. How do you get people now that they have movies at home and literally brand new movies at home now with Netflix and with all these streaming services. Now that Disney is adding to this, it seems more and more like the movie going industry is, I don't want to say dying, but dying because the only movies that are ever going to play in theater now are giant, enormous $300 million tentpole blockbuster movies. And to a cinema lover like me, that's a little disappointing and it's a little sad because I feel like the experience of going out to the movie theater to go see a, a low-budget movie, an indie movie, a thriller, whatever it may be, a horror movie that probably costs like $10 million, $14 million, it's probably not going to be shown in cinema anymore. They're probably going to cut it out altogether because not enough people are going to go pay money to watch it when they can just watch something similar at home. I don't know what you think of that, but that's kind of where my thought is. And that's kind of why mm -hmm. I've been kind of critical of Netflix because I feel like any it's done. Like the only movies that are going to be shown in theaters is Star Wars, X-Men, Marvel. Whatever. Well, that's, not, that's not Netflix's fault, though. It's, it's not Netflix's it's, it's fault. That's true. Fault. But, but now that this is happening, all these major media conglomerates are merging together. Who's going to pay money to go see, I don't know, us? I mean, I think a lot. I mean, a lot of people. I think a lot of people. Think so. I don't think so. I mean, we still see. We still see indie heads become break. We still see indie heads break out even today. Mm -hmm. The the thing is, the the indie budgets are just becoming lower and lower. Um, but we still see movies like Get Out break out in the box office. We still see a lot of um, independent movies that do have the opportunities. Now, those opportunities streaking more and more as the years go by. Yes, but that's because the studios are getting oversaturated with. Making two hundred million, three hundred dollar, three hundred million dollar films. Now, what 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 will happen is that eventually, just like it happened in the old days, all these films are going to start bombing, 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 and then they're going to look for a new generation of filmmakers to come in and kind of uh, usher in a new independent wave. I mean, that's just what happens historically. That's but what I feel like with the new movement in the sixties, when the sixties, when all the musicals were bombing, when all the big uh, studio movies were bombing. They they went to they went to USC. They went to UCLA. They went and recruited young filmmakers mm -hmm. to and come in and, the, and, and help break it out. The and then, Spielbergs, the Lucases. Yeah, know. yeah, exactly. And mm -hmm. then and then a new breed of independent filmmaking broke out through 
um, film festivals. But but here's my my thing to you is now independent filmmaking, whether that be Annapurna, whether it be A24, it's just going to get bought up, bought up by Amazon, bought up by Apple, bought up by Netflix, bought up by Disney. Whatever it is, I think those those independent cold <coughs> movies that we see that are still in theaters are probably, I'm telling you, man, give it 10 years. They're going to be all bought by streaming services and they're just going to be shown on TV. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily see a problem with that, though. I mean, as long as there's more access for more film goers to see it. I do, because I I feel like watching those movies in theater is just, regardless of how cool it is to see Thor swing a hammer, it's still kind of cool to see a very intimate story in the movie screen as well with an audience. And seeing that at home only, to me, is just so limiting. And it's just, that's what's going to be the future because all these streaming services are going to buy the tiny independent studios. Well, if I mean, th- there used to be a time where the studios brought the independent studios. It used to be a time, like I said, Disney had Miramax. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, DreamWorks was a developing thing in and of its own self. I mean, there's, I mean, we can look at examples after examples. Paramount had their own independent studio. Fox Searchlight has their own. They all have independent. You know, the major studios all had their kind of branches and their kind of and universal with focus features. But, but what kills that now is streaming. I'm tell- that's the thing. I, well, I don't think it kills it. I, I think the, it the, does. The, the, Cause, the, cause the studios they, have killed it themselves. The studios want, have killed it. They want to 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 copy the Netflix model. What's a what better way to copy the Netflix model than to say NBC Universal streaming service says next week us inside your home. Get ready for the movie. Jordan Peele's awesome because Jordan Peele has a deal with Universal. Now imagine pretending if this was next year when Universal had their streaming service available. Why wouldn't they put that on the streaming service? What better way to get people to sign up, join in, pay $10 a month for Universal Streaming, Us, premieres next week. Oh, dude, I'm signing up too. And now you're not going to see Us in the movie theater. Well, you have to understand, movies are the biggest way that movies make money. The movie theaters, seeing movies in theaters, that's the way most movies make money. Just that's how that's the most lucrative way yes, for a film true, to make but money. But now I'm, I'm uh, what I'm saying is that now the movies that are going to make twenty million dollars opening weekend are are they really worth it? Or can I just put it on a streaming service, get people to sign up, and now it's a different sort of service where I can get those movies that are probably going to make eh, twenty million. Eh, well, that's we not, don't really care for twenty. Yeah. We want to make the two hundred million dollar movies. But you know why that doesn't work? You know why that doesn't work? The reason why Netflix works. The reason why. Um, a lot of these companies work is because a lot of or uh, that's the reason why Netflix works in particular is because it's the after the home video experience, right? It's when it's when it's after people have had the chance to see it in theaters. People who didn't see it in theaters are going to see it on Netflix. People who have seen it in theaters who really enjoyed it are also going to see it on Netflix. Home 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 entertainment home video is always just a separate revenue stream than the movies, and you know the movies. Are, Movie budget, movie budgets usually have to be made back in theaters, um, but then the the home video is what gives it the long term, the long lasting longevity of making studios money. I mean, studio. I mean, Warner Brothers is still making money off of Wizards of Oz to this day. That's. I mean, that's that's just how it is. So now streaming is just another platform for studios to make home video money. Now, if they if they were to release everything immediately on. On, on a home video platform, that's not going to be profitable at all because people are just, you're not going to gain any new subscribers off of that. Like there's not going to be, 
You know what I, you know won't? No, I mean, yeah, just... Exclusivity. That's that's the, the, the word that, ca- of the day. But it's cable. It's going to be cable again. I mean, it's cable all over again, except now well, that's what's people happening. have individual I mean, choices. I also wanted to bring up the, the article from New York Times that came out a few days ago about Apple creating their own streaming service. Right. And they're but what, spending but what I'm saying, But what I'm saying is that's not... It is going to be Netflix, cable but, all over but again. But no, but what I'm saying is that's not Netflix's fault, though. That's the studio's fault. The studios were the ones who keep passing on movies. And it's... Honestly, it's, it's partially the audience's fault, too. You saw what happened with Annihilation. Annihilation uh, went to theaters in America, bombed, went to Netflix over overseas, hit on Netflix because the mar- the studio didn't market it right. They wanted to limit the vision of Alex Garland. I don't even like Annihilation that much. But you could clearly see what the problem was in, in the crafting of that movie because studios are so scared and so shaken and taking risks when, honestly, the biggest profitable movies and and throughout throughout the 90s and throughout the the 2000s were the ones that uh were were the, were the indies where the pulp fiction was one of the biggest films in 1994 it, it was is all of these just it's a snowball effect this what the studios put into financing original content is what is what the end product of, of them making money is going to result in um but then Listen, if you if you if you look at the way we the movies are structured now, it's really kind of similar to the way that we look at like a uh, like the gov- like kind of government representation overall. Like it's it's the divide between the rich and the poor, the divide between the the high budget, the super high budget movies, super low budget movies. It's just getting wider and wider and wider. Yeah, but the irony uh, and when with the that. Eco- when the economy is when the economy is great, there's usually a great. Bevia uh, movies. What the irony with that is the fact that the the massive, big budget, huge blockbuster movies are the ones that the general poor people go to see, yeah. because that's the two movies they go see. If, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. if I'm a poor guy and I have two movies to see this year, or like you know I'm gonna go see Infinity War and I'm gonna go see Star Wars Episode Nine. Those are my two. You yeah. see what I'm saying? The big budget movies are catered towards a general movie going audience that are you know poorer in the sense of you know class. Yeah. So well, they, the I mean, irony is that the the indie, small, independent, quiet movies about a, a, a poor kid in in Compton or something, whatever it is, that the, uh, the irony is that a poor kid from Compton probably won't go see it because he's gonna go see Black Panther or go see Infinity War, or go see Star Wars. But would you? But wouldn't you rather have him have the access to be able to see that movie? Uh, on Netflix than rather just not see it at all. That's true. But here's my my counter to that. Now it's it, let me go to this uh, Forbes article about Netflix and the fact that Netflix is is burning through cash so quickly, and the fact that now that these new studios, especially 2019 and also 2020, are are getting back their rights. Whatever is on Netflix now that's Disney is going to be off. Whatever is on Disney, it's Universal off. Anything that's any any of these major corporations are going to take their content off Netflix. And Netflix is still going to spend a lot of money to to make movies. Obviously, this is what they keep doing. But now, I'm starting to find into effect that the streaming services Disney Plus is one, and then the Apple streaming service is trying to get other people to sign up. And now the irony of streaming was sold to you like cut the cut the cord and join streaming, pay Netflix, and that's your entertainment system for your family. And now the irony is that there's so many options and t- 10 bucks a month, 10 bucks a month, 10 bucks a month that you're paying 100 bucks a month yeah. that it's going to be ridiculous that, that you're going to have to pick and choose what to see is what I'm saying with that is that th- th- all these options, right? This free market approach sounds good. But at the same time, if I'm someone who doesn't have a lot of money and I have a family, I don't want to pay $100 a month. 
I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So I'm going to pick one or two of these streaming services mm -hmm. that has a limited effect on it. So you would say that maybe they could see it on Netflix, but now I don't, I don't, I don't know. But, well, because, I mean, but, I mean, because they're going to be paying for Netflix, Disney Plus, NBC Universal. Whatever. But I think most people would keep Netflix over going to an NBC Universal. Or I'd even say probably over Disney Plus, honestly. But here's uh, the thing. How much content on Netflix is original properties that have an audience and how much content on Netflix is acquisitions? It's still 80-20. Yeah. It's still 80% acquisitions, 20% Nah, original. but they're that, flooding that the market. Like, but that people like. No, I'm talking no, Stranger no Things. Way, no way. No way. Listen, I'll say this. I will nev I've never I've never went to somebody's house and watched Netflix, and they've been like, I got to put on Black Panther. I got to put on... They always either put on an original Netflix stand-up show, an original Netflix comedy, an original Netflix Stranger Things, or... Or, or That's the, not what the Netflix numbers will tell you, though. The Netflix numbers will tell you the they Office. They don't release the numbers. They don't release the numbers. They, but they said the number one watch show on Netflix is The Office and Friends, two properties that have nothing to do with Netflix. Those are the two biggest shows on Netflix that the majority of people watch. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right there. Those rights would be gone. It, the the original properties, I really feel like people are miss. Obviously, you're right. They don't really release the numbers. But something like, what was that show called? Once Upon a Time? Not Once Upon a Time. Our time of our lives, time of our lives, it just got canceled. I never. Heard it, of it. it came came out last week in in, uh, in uh, Netflix was uh, uh, as the world. Oh, it was like something like that. Uh, Netflix cancels. Um, Netflix just canceled a show that peop Twitter blew up. That they 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 love yeah. this show. I mean, Twitter's always going to blow up when Netflix cancels something. Um, I mean, one they blow day, up when they one day at a time. Eight. So they canceled one day at a time, and there is this feedback saying, hey, Netflix, you suck. Why'd you cancel my favorite show? And Netflix genuinely responded and said, hey, not enough people watch this damn show. We had to cut the damn show because not enough people watched it. It didn't right. warrant enough for our production budget because we have a production budget. That's how it works. Yeah. If not enough people watch your show, and I ask you, RB3, what is Netflix's original show that everyone watches? How's the cards? House of Cards is off the air. Well, I, oh, watches now? Now. Stranger Things. Stranger Things. That's it. That's it. Nah, they, I mean, there's there's a ton of them. I mean, but that's the thing. That's why Netflix is as successful as it is because it they they manage to target different audiences for different stuff. Sure. Their, 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 comedy, their comedy collection is by far the finest comedy collection of, of in the world. You're talking about stand-up? Stand-up comedy. Okay. Comedy, stand-up comedy. But is that, that a lot of people watch stand-up? A hundred percent. They have entire sections dedicated to it. They have for your consideration billboards all over town. And not to mention the prestige film goers that they're now appealing to. We see Roma. We see the Irishman that they're going after. They're making enough original content to appeal to, to, to so many different audiences. Even Martin's that, fighting the Irishman with Netflix right now. He wants it in theaters for week okay cool. and netflix is like nah well, they, they're fighting they, they, they even well they they well, they're not fighting they put out a trailer that says it's gonna be in theaters they said netflix and theaters in the trailer how wide is it gonna go <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> most people are, you think honestly do you think most people are gonna see the irishman opening weekend do you think people are gonna line up to see robert de niro al pacino if you weren't born after 1980 you think, you think that you yeah. think you, you know what i mean that's what i'm saying netflix gives a platform to these films that no other studio would give uh, a platform to. Here, here's here's uh, here's what the Forbes article mentions as well. It mentions CBS All Access, Hulu, Stars, see, Amazon Prime, look, look, look how far, Showtime, look, HBO Now, CBS these, All Access these are is all the biggest flop of, of any streaming service sure. ever. So far. 
Um, yeah. We haven't seen what 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 that show is called. The Jordan Peele show is coming out. Uh, uh, the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. We don't but, know how that's going to help even, or not help. Even even that, like but they literally put their stuff on Netflix because nobody went to CBS All Access. Number num- numbers wise, um, the author of this article, I believe his name is David Trainer, said that the only way the only way that Netflix can do anything is to get either more people to sign up to Netflix, which is a question of how do you do that. Right. Because the whole point of Netflix here is it's one. The point of Netflix is that everyone already has it or, you know, someone that has it. So why would I pay for it if my homies, homie, homie can give me a password? Right. That's limiting within itself, too. That's not a good business model. Well, yes. Yes. And the second thing is how do I get new people to sign up and get a new password? Because otherwise I can just use my friend's password. And the second thing is the price increases. It's going to keep going up and up and up and up and up to the point that in 2025, it's going to be 25 bucks a month. And that's when you're going to get people to be like, I'm good. I have Disney Plus and I have whatever new streaming service. I'm going to cancel Netflix because guess what? Nothing is on Netflix anymore except for Stranger Things season five. But what's going to be on Disney? Just Disney movies? No. Original I, I, Disney. Two product. original shows. Mm-mm. And maybe a couple of original movies. I'm talking MCU originals. Two, they have two MCU shows and one Star Wars show. I'm not going to leave Netflix no, to do that. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying long term. Is Netflix yeah, long term. keeping the same model of spending all the money they don't have? Is that really a good business model? Spending and spending and spending and spending until you have like nothing left and then I, trying to get people to sign up for it? How do you get people to sign I up? I think, I think, well, I think for one, for one, to answer your question, they do have a solution for the password thing. You have to either, you can only have two screens accessed if you're at the lowest tier price. Or if you're like me who has eight people using their Netflix account, you have to pay. I literally pay six, $17 a month for Netflix because I have eight people using my account. You know, so they do have, a barometer for for how people use passwords. But that being said, I I think honestly people people don't want to see people aren't going to want to always see Star Wars. People aren't always going to want to see MCU. People aren't always going to want to see Disney movies. The thing when when you you will never see like when whenever you put whenever you put an audience up for especially af- after multiple years of having MCU, after multiple starts and failures of the Star Wars universe, people don't want to keep going back to that as an everyday thing. When when you see the transition for studios making, we see especially for TV, just let me get for TV so far. When we see CBS All Access trans- transitions to streaming, it fell epically. When we see traditional media outlets trying to transition into streaming, it's always have not gone well. Maybe HBO, maybe HBO was at the forefront of it, but other than that, you don't see stars having an, a great streaming platform. You don't see Showtime having this extraordinary streaming platform. Every other, every other company fails at it because they don't know that it's so limiting. What Netflix has is variety, and what Netflix does encourage is having as many uh, different types of filmmakers, as many different voices, and as many different stories as as possible. That's why we see. Scorsese going to Netflix. That's why we see, uh, you know, uh, the Coen brothers making Buster Scruggs. And it looks like they're going to continue on that model. Um, even, you know, I don't even like talking about Woody Allen, but Woody Allen, before everything came out, he had the exclusive deal with Amazon Prime. It's the same. It's it's almost like the same. It's, it's, it's you know, when you have the storytellers involved in the process, you're always going to find way more success. Sure. 
than having them relying on IP and relying on properties. I but think it's not Netflix just, has a uh, has a greater agenda in terms of promoting filmmaking creativity than I think Disney Plus will. Sure, but but the difference between Netflix and Amazon Prime is Amazon's the biggest company in the world. It's a trillion yeah. dollar company, trillion. And once you have a trillion dollar company, you can spend however much you want on entertainment. Same with Apple, because Apple's announcing their thing. Money to Apple is nothing. They're going to spend billions and they have billions. Netflix doesn't have billions because they don't have the backing of major studio like a Disney or like a major company like an Apple or an Amazon. But they got the most subscribers and they have the most. They're getting the most. But they're getting the most. I don't see it. I'm telling you, you, man, if Netflix... It's twenty bucks a month. I will cancel Netflix. But I will not pay twenty bucks. You would, a month. You would rather cancel Netflix, and you would rather cancel Netflix and have Disney Plus than have Disney Plus than, than cancel Disney Plus and have Netflix. No, I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm saying there's going to be a price. It's going to keep increasing and keep increasing. That's just fact. Right. To the point that it's gonna those those poor income families are not going to be paying twenty five bucks a month for Netflix. They're going to make a decision and say, you know what. 25 for Stranger Things season six. But I don't, you don't think, you don't think, if, if you don't think if Netflix has to go $25 a month, Disney also wouldn't have to go $25 no, a month? Why absolutely not? not. Because Disney is a, is quadruple the size of Netflix. Disney's one of the biggest companies nah, in the I, world. I, nah, I, Dude, nah, that, I can th- show Disney, you the article. But Dis, but <laughs> billions and Netflix, billions. Netflix, didn't Netflix just dethrone Disney as the biggest entertainment um, at the Disney uh, as far as subscribers and watchers, maybe, but not as far as how much income they make each year, man. Disney like makes a lot of money, man. But even, but even, even they have parks, they have merchandise, they have worldwide brands. Cool, but they also have more losses. But the, Netflix is, is solely focused on streaming. Take its, its focuses are the technology and the website in and of itself, and the uh, the films and the content that it produces. Mm. It's not like Disney has, Disney has to spread their money amongst the parks, amongst all of this stuff. And of course, they're an empire, but we can have more than one empire at a time. Like, and that's sure. why it's so crucial to have uh, have uh, have a division, have a breakup sure. of, of a lot of I, I agree companies. with you, and and I honestly, I'm rooting for Netflix in a certain way because I do feel like I agree with your point as far as creativity. You're not going to have a more creative platform than on a Netflix. I agree with that. Um, I have issues with Netflix on a marketing scale because there's certain movies and directors that get their product. I've told you before how many people have seen High Flying Bird. No one. You see what I'm saying? Like there's certain movies that come out where yeah, you're like, this is good. Yes no and no. Yes and no. Yes and no. But but the thing with Netflix. I, there's, too, an agri- there's an algorithm that, sure, that, but, that but, they incorporate to that. Um, I also want to bring up the fact that I read a nice article from Motherboard where they talked about how Netflix is really kind of saving the anime genre, which I found oh, yeah. fascinating that they have direct relations with Japan. And obviously me as an anime guy, I, I genuinely appreciate that because what they're doing is they're partnering up with major animation studios in Japan and obviously in Korea as well mm-hmm. to, oh, in Mexico too. Apparently they have an anime animation studio in Mexico um, to, <laughs> in a way, save the anime genre because apparently in Japan it, it's ridiculous that mm. they're paying animators like pennies mm. to make the most complex anime sequences because anime is expensive and that's something that a lot of people don't know obviously yeah. the great gap of attack on titan is the, one of the best examples as far as how everyone wanted to see a second season and they had to wait four and a half years to get a season for attack on titan right so that that is their way of saying the way we're going to compete with disney is to make stuff that Disney doesn't want to make. Anime, mm-hmm. for example. Disney will make the friendly, kid-friendly, 
kid going app where your six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old can go on and have fun, where Netflix is doubling down on on very dark, very complex, you know, anti-hero characters, very dramatic, actual artistic versions of anime, of series, of movies, like a Scorsese, for example. Like a Scorsese can't make a movie on Disney Plus. Like he just can't. Yeah. There's no way because Scorsese yeah. is gonna have 50, exactly. 100, 100 F-bombs and like blood and guts. Like that's not gonna happen. So I really like what Netflix is doing in that sense as far as like they wanna bring out the creativity and they wanna go a little darker for lack of a better term. And also, here's my here's my other point. The fact is Netflix Netflix model, the problem with the Netflix model, in my opinion, is not necessarily the fact that they're working with the filmmakers. It's the fact that they have no boundaries, which is good, but in a way bad, in the sense of Martin Scorsese, for example. Like my, my buddy was telling me, he's like, oh, I saw a cool Netflix movie the other day. It looks, looks kind of cheap. And I was like, no, bro, that movie costs like $150 million. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like all their movies are super expensive, like production budget wise. Like that Martin Scorsese Irishman movie is like, apparently $300 million movie. Like stuff like that, when you hear that stuff, you're like, yo, they gave this dude 100 million bucks <laughs> to make an, a, an indie movie that would probably make 20 mil in, in the theater. Their, their production yeah. budget is crazy, is all I'm saying. But it's but just- I think, another, that's, I think that's dope. Man. I think it's I mean, dope too. I agree, but I just don't know film. if it's a successful business model to work 20 years from now where you can keep spending 300 million, 400 million, who cares? Well, it's, like I said, it's all about the back catalog. And, and that's how, like I said, that's how most theaters make their money. That's how Fox- was making the majority of their money, but when you don't have, you know, like, yeah, but like, uh, when you have a catalog that's going to end up including Scorsese, we have a catalog that's going to end up including, and listen, honestly, if Disney has this majority ownership of Hulu, you're going you're gonna to see a squeeze coming out of all other films that are not Fox or Disney related, too, so a lot of those, a lot of those Scorsese movies that Fox didn't produce, or a lot of those other movies that, that Fox didn't have business with, you might see a lot of those movies end up falling on Netflix, or you like you'll see a lot of those filmmakers following following their way until Netflix because Disney and and the other three major companies out there are just not going to do it. Um, but in terms, but in terms of in terms of the question earlier of Netflix, uh, in, May, in May of 2018, like Netflix had just surpassed Disney uh, for being for having for having the most uh, uh, capital. And 152 billion. Now, now that things are a little different now with the Disney merger, so there's not like exact numbers, but yeah, the the market capitalization for Netflix was at 152, as as to Disney's 151 back in like May of last year. But to to that being said, though, d does Netflix have more streams of, of revenue? Sure, um, way more. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's where Disney. That's why Disney has survived as long as it survived. However, I think what Netflix has done that's in, much smarter than any other um what disney has done as much smarter than any other i'm sorry what netflix has done as much smarter than disney was much smarter than any other studio is that they've actually embraced uh different demographics different um different cultures different um ideologies and different and different uh, geographics across the world i mean honestly they have shows for every single audience every single body who want who will want something from Netflix? So they're they're still making four quadrant content. They're making kids content. They're making political content. They're making content for everybody. It's just spread out so so far um, that you know that 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 it works. But that's why I think something like the benefit. I mean, you never know. One day Netflix might just end up becoming like the YouTube of original content. Like they might just have 
like so much stuff there that you won't even be able to um, consume it all. You you can't even keep up with Netflix content now. So mm-hmm. there's stuff for everybody. On but there. you think that's good? Yeah, I think that's great. Right. I think uh, for in terms of I think when you're asking like do you, do I think long term does spending all this money now make sense? I think yes because back catalog is ultimately what makes the most. It's the same thing in music. Music that's why um, music labels hold on so long to artists' publishing rights and their master rights because outside of an artist doing shows and selling T-shirts, the 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 the, the publishing rights alone could keep. A, 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 a music label running f- for decades, decades. Sony, Sony were surviving for years just off of make, just off of Michael Jackson's music. Just all, all of that, like you just, it, it's a cycle. Like you, it, the because the the back catalog is so much more profitable than what you're currently making now. Sure, but the back catalog has to be, in, in my opinion, has to be original content. Would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, and that's, that's what the I just most said. Original content. It, it, but I'm saying it doesn't have the same fan base like, like a Disney IP could have or like a Universal IP versus something like the only thing that I could say is like a go-to IP for Netflix is Stranger Things. There's no other show, no other movie on there that has a massive following, a massive audience. Well, Roma just was nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's, 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 that's a big audience. But here's, here's my, my – and, and everyone knows this and you know this. To be completely honest, the reason why is because they tripled their budget for – uh, promoting Netflix, their their Oscar promotion was yeah. the biggest ever in yeah. the history of Hollywood. Yeah, that's how they got all those nominations. It's not because so many people loved Roma. It's because they spent the most money to do their Oscar. But I think I think when most people look at the Best Picture crop, they're not going to elect Green Book as their Best Picture. They're not going to elect Bohemian Rhapsody. If anything, if anything, at least from what I saw on Twitter, maybe I have a skewed Twitter perspective. But if anything, I saw everybody rooting for Roma. Just even my Twitter too. Yeah. So I mean, that's I mean, so yeah. They they clearly have the film. They have the 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 film fan base with them already. The Irishman is going to get a lot of people and for who who love film. The IPs, the, you know, the the Star Wars and Marvels. Those are cool, but people get fatigued of that stuff all the time. Like it's the same. You know, See, but you say get, that, but the box office says a different story. Box office now, but I mean, listen, we were at the peak of westerns at one point too. We were at the peak of musicals at one point too. Sure. That's just how the cycle goes. Eventually, I mean, listen, I don't want to be one of those guys that says, you know, eventually superheroes are going to not be whatever, but you got to think, man, if literally every movie that's coming out is a superhero movie or a Star Wars movie, people are not going to go to the movies. And you see the ticket, even though box office. You know, even though the box office keeps getting bigger and bigger every year, the ticket, the amount of tickets sold continues to go down uh, and the prices continue to go up. So that's yeah. why people aren't going to the theaters. It's not it's not it's not Netflix. Well, the fault. reason the prices are going up is because they're not selling as much. Yes, because people are <laughs> bored by the fucking movies that we're putting out. But at the same, OK, that's true. When, when but it, but even, I'm saying even, it's going to get worse with with more streaming services. The, the, the more you add streaming services and the more, like I said, I can really imagine a world where Universal is going to say, hey, come join our new app, Universal Stream, whatever. And, and Jordan Peele's new movie is going to premiere on there. Only on, on exclusively on this app, you're gonna get people to sign up or whatever new show, new movie, where now the theater going experiences is only superhero movies and only giant blockbusters because Amazon Prime and Apple Stream and Netflix and all these major scr- streaming services are buying up 
independent, smaller budget movies, 20, $20 million budget movies, $10 million budget movies are now only streaming movies. And you're never going to see them in movie theaters ever again. But what do you think happens like when we get to the only superheroes in Star Wars? Like, what do you think is going to like, – because I clearly think when we only get to that point, people are just going to stop going. Like, I, think? I think theaters are going to get shut down. I think that I think technology is going to have a huge effect. I think like every movie is going to be like an IMAX or something to make people pay more for the ticket prices. Um, it's just going to be a weird world, a world that I don't like. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen, man. Really? I mean, we just see throughout history that every time we see a dump through Hollywood, where Hollywood gets into his factory bag in the twenties, in the fifties, in the eighties, and I think now where we're in now, every time the Hollywood gets into the factory bag. People don't stop caring. People check out. And then they eventually go back to the more RC content. They eventually go back to wanting more narrative-driven instead of technology-driven things. Sure. And I think as soon as as soon as soon Hollywood figure out, figures out a way to bring the ticket prices down, as soon as Hollywood figures out a way to make more of these films accessible to people, and when Hollywood figures out a way to not... Uh, but they're going to, away from that. They're 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 not doing that. They're doing. Yeah. They're copying Netflix. But don't, but they want to get people to stay at home. But don't you? But but this is what I'm saying though. Like after, but like after the after the superhero craze is over, they're just they're not going to not make movies anymore. They're not going to not have theaters anymore. The theaters is always going to be a thing. That's always going to be a mainstay. That's what makes cinema its distinct thing. You know. Mm. So there's always. Like in studios, I mean, not studios, theaters make money in their own rights off of concessions, off of that. So they're always going to have a motivation to stay open. The studios have to figure out a way. And like I, and like I said before, the, the way most studios make money, the most money that they make is from theatrical release. Uh, initially, at least, to pay back the investors and to pay back. Long term, long term. What about might, ancillary rights? Um, Toys, yeah. T-shirts, merchandise. Well, yeah, I mean that's that, that's a that separate thing. But, well, that's I mean, well, I'm talking about the movie industry, just the movie industry, the movie mm. industry. In terms of how a movie makes money, the most money a movie's going to make is through um, is, is 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 through uh, is through the theatrical release. The the, the home video release is going to make money for them long term, but short term, how the money they used to pay back their investors. All comes theatrically, and so that's why that's why it's going to be so crucial to see how the studios proceed going forward. Because if they continue to keep making the same generic um, superhero, Marvel, Star Wars, blockbuster movies, then eventually people are going to stop going to the theaters, mm-hmm. and they're then you know the, the deciding factor is going to be: do they stop making movies altogether, or do they go back to making more original content, or do they go back to making more? Uh, filmmaker-driven stories. And I think in the future, we're going to go back to having more filmmaker-driven stories. I don't think they're ever going to stop making movies. I, I agree with you, but I don't think they're going to be shown in theaters. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's theaters will always have motivation. I think theaters will always have a motivation to stay up because we have more theaters now than ever than any point in history. We have more theaters now than any point in history, but the smallest movie-going audience mm-hmm. at any point in history. Mm-hmm. So theaters are making hand over fist, AMC hand over fist. That's why they're cool with throwing out this little AMC A-list bullshit because they're making hand over fist over popcorn, over concessions. They know people aren't going to come to AMC. You know, they're not like me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, buy anything. They have, yeah. You might as well spend five more dollars on popcorn. Yeah, yeah, the size exactly. Of your hand. <laughs> and then they know, they know it's like crack cocaine with the rewards and everything like that. So, People, you know, the AMC's making a grip. Regal's making a grip. They're, they're always going to have a motivation to stay open. And I think where, where where we would get into dangerous territory 
is if the theaters started opening, or if the studios started opening their own theaters. That's mm. where we get back into the vertical integration, the Paramount decision, all that kind of stuff again. But I think, I think to some extent, we do need a, some way to break up these giant, these giant companies too. Now we do need a way to break up the. But they're the, not breaking up; they're getting bigger. As yeah, if, I mean, literally, Disney I mean, Fox merger. It's the whole point of this conversation. I mean, that's, that's why we need. That's why we need better politicians, man. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. agree with you because I do feel like that's this is dangerous. It's it's it sounds like a good thing, but it is very dangerous on a on a economic level. I guess, and on a Hollywood industry sort of level. Um, let me let me bring up another conversation to kind of close this out. Um, there's a great article written by your homegirl on The Guardian, uh, Amy Nicholson. Hey. She wrote this a couple months ago, and it really stuck with me. And I kind of had this conversation with my parents about what I like to call, and this is something I termed and I coined as far as like what I feel like Hollywood is going to, is the Blumhouse effect. Now, the Blumhouse effect is what I like to say where someone like a Jason Blum obviously has the Blumhouse studio, but now what he's starting to realize, and, and what I'm tell, what I was talking to, to my parents about is the fact that now people like a Jason Blum, someone who can who can make movies and produce movies and greenlight movies, is now getting to the point. And, and there's a great um, the Hollywood Roundtable with him that came out, I believe, last year or two years ago. The year Get Out was nominated. Um, yeah is incredibly fascinating because he's talking with Amy Pascal. He's talking with major Hollywood producers and he's basically screaming at them, just saying, Hey, you're an idiot. Just spend less money, less money, less money. He's basically screaming at their faces, just telling them that the, the, the Blumhouse model is just give them, give directors, give filmmakers, nothing, give them like a nothing budget. And you're not risking enough. The whole concept of risk and reward, the concept of business itself. And that sounds good because you're giving younger, different demographic people more opportunities to make movies. But the problem with that is now someone like a Jordan Peele, someone like uh, an Ari Aster who would probably get a a, a cool $30 million uh, from Miramax 10 years ago is only getting $10 million to make his movie. Or like a Jordan Peele who's an experienced veteran inside the Hollywood industry only got like what two million dollars for get out like stuff like that it it, it sounds good but the problem with that kind of stuff is that you hear stories from filmmakers like Guillermo del Toro who pitches and pitches and pitches and pitches like a madman like 20 different projects that he's pitched before and he's talked about it on a very open public scale and everyone says no we're good man really I I have an Oscar no we're good I've made all these great movies I made not we're going to just pay this 25-year-old kid and make a small-budget movie. We're going to give him $5 million bucks, and he's going to make a movie that's going to make the same amount of money that you would make. And guess what? It's true. It works. All that, that little money is going smaller and smaller and smaller. Until I told my friend, I'm like, what's one of the best movies of the year that a lot of people liked? Searching. How much did searching cost, bro? Oh, yeah, like, searching. I just watched that the other day. It was good, good that's movie. what I'm saying. Like yeah. People are like, the reason why uh, producers and studios keep doing this is because it works. They were, they, yeah, they, it works. They, they're like, yeah. eh, let's give it uh, 10 million. Nah, make it 8 million. You know what? Make it 5. You know what? Just shoot it on your laptop. And it's literally shot on a laptop. I'm just, I, I get I get upset with that because in Amy Nicholson's article, she says the year of 1999, the film of 1999, and she goes through it and she says 1999 is one of the great years of film. Obviously, it gave us The Matrix. Um, it gave us all these great movies. But the, when she goes and breaks down the difference between these directors, she says uh, Paul Thomas Anderson was given $37 millions to make Magnolia. 
David O. Russell was giving 47 millions to make his Gulf War movie. Even Spike Jones, a music video director with zero film credits to his name, being John Malkovich. Being John Malkovich came out in 1999. He was given 13 million. And she goes down the list and she says, when you compare these budgets and these directors and these filmmakers, these cinema guys, making these creative, quirky, weird movies like a Magnolia or like a Being John Malkovich, giving these production budgets, and you compare them to the directors now, where that's the exact same budget that Guillermo del Toro was given for Shape of Water, 13 million. Like that to me is baffling because it shows that Hollywood is, is bringing the price down, 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 down to the point where you're paying this kid out of his mom's basement 20 bucks to make a movie now. Like that's to the point we're getting. Yeah, and I think that's I, dangerous well, because I feel like that's really limiting the 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 effect of making movies costs money. And now they're like, eh, we're not going to pay you that much money. We're going to go with this other kid who's taking two hundred bucks. Well, make I don't, it. I don't think, I don't think it's a matter of paying money. I think it's a matter of movies are getting much much cheaper to make too. I mean, that's also taken into account. Probably but back but in the as, day, as, but, a, as a but, future filmmaker. But no, no, no. Well, yeah. I mean, let you want to if you. Well, no, it, no, no, well, it's going to cost twenty million to make this, and they're going to be like, "Nah, bro, we'll give you five. You're well, going to be like, that's, well, there, well, there's this, these are separate. <laughs> well, these are separate issues. There's separate issues. There's there's yeah. one issue of like what a studio is willing to invest, and there's another issue of what a movie actually costs. A lot of times, back in the old days, when we talk about something like a being John Malkovich back in 1999, of course the budget was 13 million because they had to spend seven million shooting it on film, getting the film processed, editing the film, printing the film. That was half their budget right there, basically. And not to mention the limited access to equipment, limited access to stuff. And then the more time it will take in between takes or in between you know, things because they have to keep changing film canisters. They have to keep buying materials, but, whereas, whereas digital sure, things are a lot. That's part of it, too. But, but, but she, he also, I mean, Fight Club, Matrix, these, these directors like a Fincher or yeah, like the exactly. Wachowskis, yeah. giving the opportunity, given the budget necessary well, that's, well, this is, that's what I'm to saying. make separate issues. Movie. But they're separate issues. This is what I'm saying. Like, whereas The Matrix what, now would be like all like green screen bullshit. The Matrix now is John Wick. That's what The Matrix is now. That's where we see a, a modern day Matrix because that's where, that's the only, that's what jo what John Wick presents is what, People is just plain simple what people want. When you present people with a big budget auteur film, when you present people with a Valerian, they don't give a fuck. When you present people with uh, a lead about Angel, they don't give a fuck. But when you give somebody a Star Wars, when you give somebody a Last Jedi, so you're saying it's IP. It's I yes, it's IP. But but that's that's the separate that's a separate issue. What I'm saying is that like when when I think I think there's two things here. I think when we're talking about movies getting cheaper, like I said. Cheaper production, cheaper production budgets are a big, big factor as to why you can make a cheaper movie. Why, you, why Jordan Peele can make a two million dollar Get Out and it looks like a something that in the '90s would have cost thirty million dollars is because it's a lot cheaper to do it. And also, the 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 strategy of spending less on paying talent, but then having more back end also can lead to a more lucrative opportunity for creators like Jordan Peele, for actors like Daniel Kaluuya. So those so on some so in some hands, the, those are the benefits of what cutting costs sure. can actually mean for the replications of, of the filmmakers and the artists and the creators. Um, now what now what the downside is is like you're right, you're they don't they're not gonna spend as much money on these movies, but this, the, the 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 Jason Jason Blum, I don't think when he advocates for making cheaper movies, I don't think he's advocating for movies looking like garbage. I think what he's advocating for is smarter economical use of of the budgets, right? I think what he's looking for is like is what he's look 
when you look at a lot of Hollywood budget sheets, yeah, like I, we have we, in one of my classes, we had the entire one for entire budget sheet for Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Most of that movie was accounting, administrative, you know, all of these like different departments. And what what Blum is doing is like kind of streamlining sure. that to make it more efficient. Um, unfortunately, studios don't understand how to necessarily do that because studios are studios. Studios, when you have when when studios have that many people working for them and where that where they're they're that big of an operation. Of course, there's going to be a lot of overhead when it comes to making the most minor $30 million Gamble Del Toro movie. There's just a lot more overhead that will come through, through that way. So I, to me, I see the, the best way to get uh, through that is, like I said, if you break up these giant studios, if you have smaller houses kind of take, take care of these films, you know, like, like I said, I keep bringing up Miramax, and I hate to bring up Miramax because I don't Obviously. like supporting Weinstein, of course. Sure. But just looking at their business model back then, too, they spent a lot less money on their films, too. They spent a lot less money. Pulp Fiction was an indie movie. All these movies were indie movies. Um, and they spent a lot less money on their movies as compared to what the big studios were spending on their movies. But th- they had uh, just as high quality, if not higher quality, filmmaking uh, in terms of the look, in terms of the aesthetic. And, you know, and, and because we... Be, because Audiences are a little less willing to experiment with movies like Alita and movies that are kind of original, but they aren't as established IPs as Marvel or Star Wars or DC. Um, because audiences are less are not as willing to take the risk, and because there's uh, a giant, uh, you know, hole in the way that movies are are funded and the way that movies are budgeted. Of course, the the budgets are going to keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller because. They're not gonna. They're not yeah. gonna make money off of original content. It's all. It's on the and IP that's thing. why studios fight for IP and they pay so much money for IP. Yeah. So they can but have those rights. I think what Netflix is doing is is amazing because they are uh, they are attempting to make their original content more viable than IP. And so far, I mean, it's it's proven to work. So far, the IPs have to come to Netflix. The the, the Star Trek Beyond the, or the Star Trek Discovery show that came out for CBS All Access. CBS All Access bombed so hard yeah. that they literally had to put Discovery on Netflix but just I, so people could watch it. Sure, but I don't think the major studio companies are going to bomb so hard. Like Disney Plus isn't going to have that issue. Yeah, I think I think Disney Plus is going to have a strong start, but I don't think it's going to. I don't think people are going to. I mean. You're, when you look at the Disney back back stock, if you include all of their animated movies, all of their yeah, all of their um, but then again, the, you know, you literally stuff, just you just said what what the Netflix model was. The the reason they, I've told you before when yeah. we did the House of Cards episode, that's the reason why I signed on to Netflix. Right, I paid. I I did it because of that trailer for House of Cards. I was like, yo, this show looks dope. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, they as of right now, they only have what like sure. four, maybe four hundred, including all the movies they've ever made, all yeah. the Disney Channel original movies. They yo, maybe have like four hundred original movies though. <laughs> uh, hey, I mean that that's gonna be fun. Uh, but, uh, but amongst that, that's part. That's the only like. That's the only pieces of content that they have so far. Yeah. And people grow out of IPs. We see people grow out of IPs all the time. Yeah. And I think that's And I think I think got. people find more entertainment and more value in smaller movies. I really do feel that. Yeah. I mean, Get Out is one of the perfect examples of that. Yeah. As far as like everyone loved that movie. And it's, like I just said, one of the smallest budget movies in a long time. It's tiny. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot it's a lot to digest. I, I just really thought it was an interesting conversation to have. And obviously, as someone who's a future filmmaker, yeah, I'm telling you, at me, it, it, you, I'm I'm a studio head. You're a filmmaker, and you pitch me an awesome movie about I don't know, like two gang, like two gangs fighting each other, and I'm gonna be like, yo, that sounds freaking dope. Can you do it for five hundred grand? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you're gonna uh, be like, bro, r- what? The first action scene's gonna cost a mil or two mil or five mil, and you're pitching it to me, and I'm. I'm gonna be like, yeah, but can you make it for five hundred grand? Yeah, well, whose fault, who's fault is that though? And you're like, but, but what about my action scene? And they're gonna yeah. be like, figure it out, man. Figure I mean, it who's, out. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? The Maybe. major studios. Yeah. The stuff that we're seeing now. That's why this Disney Fox merger. I'm telling you guys, I can't believe we we agree on this, but I guess we agree on it is not a good thing. It's really not. Disney yeah. acquiring Fox limits creativity, limits uh, growth limits jobs limits all this kind of stuff that we want to see in hollywood and and it's i don't know i I feel like this day and is is sort of disappointing because of what's going on now and 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 as someone who it's gonna be four thousand people four thousand people people losing their jobs and on top of that like i said before people coming into this damn city not being able to find a job it's just gonna get it's gonna be four thousand more people on the job market now it is (laughs) now i i have to face people who are like formal disney employees who worked on like really cool shit and i'm just (laughs) no name kid who's trying to make it into the industry Mm -hmm. so yeah either way guys hopefully you guys enjoyed this conversation at least least the x-men are joining mcu Again, <laughs> is that again because of Kevin Feige and all this stuff? It, it sounds cool, but at the same time, you know what happens if different studios had different rights to different characters? You get variety. Yeah, and that's you why you get that's, different yeah. types of movies. Uh, uh, if yeah. you want everything to be the same and to taste like the MCU and to be like the MCU and to look like, is that a good thing? I don't know. Yeah, and I love the MCU. The DC movies are looking like the MCU. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Either way, guys, hopefully you guys enjoyed this conversation. Let, it know, let us know in the comments down below. Or if you're listening to us on Collider Factory, head on over to First Cut, our yes. YouTube channel. Subscribe and let us yes. know in the comments what you thought of this episode. And we, yeah, absolutely come to First Cut. We are in desperate need of subscribers. Yes, we are. We could we could actually be making hand over fist money. We get about 20,000 minutes, watch minutes of, you know, people watching the shows or yep. whatever. We only have 270-some subscribers, y'all. So come over and subscribe, goddammit. We need your help. We can start making some bucks. We just need a thousand subscribers. Road to a thousand. Hashtag road to a thousand. There First you time. go. All right, and, guys. And SoundCloud as well. SoundCloud? SoundCloud? Yes. For the Meaning of Podcast, I am Ace. This is RB3. And we are peacing out. Peace out, guys.